Welcome to the Amber Stitt Show. I am your host, Amber Stitt. And today we welcome Donna Dubay, the founder of CEO Amplify with us today. So welcome, Donna. Thank you, Amber. So happy to be here. When we were talking about scheduling and getting together, I get super excited to meet with other strategic thinkers that love to be productive. And I know that you live by a philosophy of doing less better. And Mm -hmm. I think that is a beautiful thing to try to integrate into our lives, into our businesses. And so I can't wait for the audience to learn more about what they can do for themselves and maybe into entrepreneurship their way. But I suppose just like my other guests, you don't wake up thinking this is what I'm doing for my job. And I don't even like to use job anymore because if you like what you do, it doesn't really feel like work. So yes, was it always this way for you? How did you get here to say, I'm going to help people. I'm going to help CEOs manage their time better and just their lives better. Yeah. So I'll let you take the mic there if you don't mind. Sure. Sounds good. Definitely, this has not always been the way and certainly not always been my philosophy. So like many entrepreneurs, I started, you know, my life journey is windy and twisty, not straight and narrow. But when I started my business, I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I would have to admit, I worked 24-7 doing all the things, right? Solopreneurs for talking to you. Yes. (laughs) I didn't have a team, so I was doing everything. And as I was learning and growing... I was doing whatever was out there, whatever guru I was following was telling me to do. I was also trying to implement all the things. All the things. And while I enjoyed it, I could tell there was some lapse. So my family were like, mom, you're not present anymore. Mom, can we do that? Mm. We used to do this, mom, but there's no time, right? And finally, it really came down to my husband saying, something's going to break and something needs to change here. And I didn't really like to hear that, to be honest with you, because I was doing fine. Yeah. You should be happy. Look, I'm producing for the family. I know it's tough. Exactly. Right. And so that's when I really had to take a step back and really review and reflect and say, okay, how can I grow this business without, you know, me going insane or (laughs) a burnout or some bigger issue happening? It still feels insane some days, I'm sure. It soon does. Yes. Yes. So that's when I really had to learn, okay, I need to really value my time as CEO and founder and what I'm doing with that time, right? Because the truth is, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? Can't change that, can't add more to it. So we really have to look at what are we doing? And as leader, I need to be doing the things that move the business forward. And many times I'm stuck in the day-to-day things. Do those day-to-day things have to happen? Yes, They do for most of the time, right? But there's kind of three areas we can put a lot of those day-to-day things into. One, delegate. If we can't have someone, Mm -hmm. we can delegate to. And again, we can get into that, but it doesn't have to be a full-time person. I can delegate to somebody that works five hours a week. Yes. Right? Two, automate. There are so many tools and so many tricks and tips we can use to help automate things without them feeling inhuman Mm -hmm. to our customers. And then three, stop. And that one was hard for me because like, well, I can't stop these things because this thought leader and that thought leader are doing it. I should do it. Walk away. I can't. I have to be connected. Right. Right. And so really looking at those things to say, I'm doing this thing, but it's not actually bringing me a return on investment. I'm looking at the data. 
There's nothing here that's helping my business grow. So I need to pause that and put my effort into something that is. Okay, lots of juicy stuff here. So Pathways of Peak Performance is where you take pathways that are your own. And sometimes you're on one and it merges to the next thing. And so that's important, especially when I talk with younger people, because I want them to know you get out of college, you might not know what your main thing is Mm -hmm. until you get into some things and then you can take different paths. So I love that you say that. But yet it's kind of like the balloon that floats up. I talk about leadership leaders and entrepreneurs can be kind of like little blooms of ideas and they're just go, go, go. Come back to home base, got to pull it back. And if your people are talking to you about that, I noticed that recently with my daughter was not going to all the daycare events. And then I noticed on a video, my friend took of this circle for 30 minutes where they walked in a circle and they were just, you know, having a blast with this parade. And I wasn't there and I could see my daughter looking around for me in that video Mm -hmm. content. I was like, okay, that is where things have to be really dialed in. So when you're talking about your philosophies on that, it's like, you only get to do this once. And our spouses too, like we talk about the kids, you know, you only get to do this once with the kids, but like, they're still there too. They need things from us. Like, eye contact, but then you say stop. And it's sometimes like if it's not moving the needle forward or like batching your time, sometimes like I will Mm -hmm. only work on certain things with both of my screens in quiet time. Otherwise you're halfway present. How productive are you really? And then you're more prone to errors. And so kind of goes back to being super accountable to yourself is, you know, it's hard to kind of get out of that founder CEO brain sometimes Mm -hmm. and working in the business, you can scale so many ways now. And do you want to talk about scaling and what you mean? That's a buzzword. And I didn't really know what that meant until Mm -hmm. you start delegating to even contractors. So do you want to talk about how that's worked for you? Yeah, for sure. So it's really going from that solopreneur to, okay, now I'm CEO hat. And most of the time in my day is spent on that visionary, on that leader, on those types of things, growth level tasks that help move our business forward, right? Mm. So if we look at all the time we have in the week to spend on our business, a good portion of that needs to be in those growth level tasks. So things like partnerships, things like networking, you know, sales calls, if that's something that you're still doing Mm -hmm. in your business, but really allowing ourselves to think and act like a CEO, regardless of the size of our team, right? Because some people Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm not really a CEO. I'm not big like Microsoft and Nike and this But you don't have to be at that level to be thinking and acting like a CEO. It's like a weird confidence thing when you know that your numbers aren't in the millions to billions. It is still important to think like that. Yes. And believe in yourself in that regard. Yes. I think sometimes it's scary to think about paying somebody and having to train them. But any leader I've met, it's like the sooner you can hire for some of these things that are not, you know, your talents or your strengths, it is game changing. And I mean, once we did that, our profits, I mean, are easily 30 to 40% increase in sales. Yes, right? Because if you think about it, and I know I had this conversation with a CEO the other day, and they were like, well, I don't know about hiring. And I was like, okay, what did you do yesterday? Right? So we map out the big tasks that they did Mm. yesterday. And I'm like, and what's your hourly rate? They tell me their hourly. And we multiply that by the time they spent in Canva or in lead pages or wherever they were doing those (laughs) maintenance tasks. It's like, I love you, Canva. Amber, get out of Canva. Someone else needs to be doing it. Yes, yes, 100%. Right. And you multiply that by your hourly rate. You spend mm-hmm. a lot of money getting yeah. that thing done when you can hire someone for significant cheaper. That feels. And like not spend only that, money to save money. Wait a minute. Yes. Right. And not only that, you now don't have that time to spend on those tasks that only you can be doing. Right. So they don't get done. Having people achieve financial freedom can be through entrepreneurship 
Some of my clients are physicians that won't truly be their own CEO, but they're potentially doing partnerships or Mm -hmm. other projects like maybe a real estate where they have a long-term tenant VRBO situation. You're an entrepreneur now. Mm -hmm. And there's tax advantages there too. Yay. So thinking like an entrepreneur can also help you have more money in your pocket, but then you can scale and pull some people in to do some of those things that you just shouldn't be doing. Yes, There's definitely ways you can build that out. But I think really paying attention to be productive is the way to give yourself that freedom back. Yes, 100%. And you have to remember that as the founder, as CEO, As entrepreneur, it's your job to be reviewing and reflecting. So that means you have to look at the data. You have to look at the data to know and make an informed decision about what's working and what's not working. And you know, you bring up financial freedom, but it doesn't have to be scary, right? Right. I know for a lot of us, it's like, oh, a wall full of numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah. No, right? But we can start small. So if you're like, I'm not comfortable looking at a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement, then let's start there, right? Mm-hmm. What do these numbers mean? Because it's not okay to say I'm running a business and my bank balance is positive. Therefore, I'm good. Ooh, okay. There is certainly a reason why people need to pull in a third-party person. Hey, they're going to stick to the basics. It's not emotional. They're going to say, here's the foundation. Here's the principle. Someone said the other day, facts don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. They're just facts. Having someone identify the facts. And again, back to my story, it's like skipping a decade of being in the financial services industry because I wasn't great at math and accounting. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean I can't help people. So if you can break it down into these little pieces, and this is where I'm heading is like, if you're smarter with money because you give yourself a a chance just to interpret money and how money works, then you could take the word finance out. That's a scary kind of buzzword, competence, literacy, a degree of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's great for those that like that. Let's get down to the basics and be accountable to our business. Yeah, And I think that's what you're identifying is great. You don't understand it yet, but just like anything, you break it down. But I like that you say just because it's in the positive doesn't mean it's efficient yes. as it can be. And so I'm just kind of chuckling like, ooh, what would she say about, you know, like you got to kind of self-reflect and we all do. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're all doing that collectively in that leadership, that position. hundred percent. You know, and if I look at myself personally, I know when I started my business, I was like, well, if I build it, they'll come because I don't really like marketing. Well, of course, I soon found out that no, you just can't build it and they come. You need to get visible, right? Right. So if I wanted to be successful as an entrepreneur, marketing had to be something that I have to do. Whether I like it or not, whether it's my strong point or not, it's a piece of what I have to do, right? And so again, I have to start baby steps. Okay, what can I do? What works with me? What is working with my audience? so that I can market. It may not be the same way you market your business, but it still needs to be there. The same with looking at our numbers. (laughs) I just laugh because I'll do some things on social media and I do a lot of pictures and I'll have some of my colleagues like, oh, can't do that. Never do that. I'm like, okay, the easiest thing you can do is start hanging out and talking to your friends and have engagement. And that's like, Especially some of the guys, they're like, I don't know how to market how some people do with like stock photography with their computer. You know, like it just they feel kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Start commenting on your friends, you know, or whatever it might be, but have a voice out there that shows authority. And then you're having fun with your friends and colleagues, building that community. There's mm-hmm. business that can come from that. Mm-hmm. Strategic partnerships are a huge part of where people that are very successful and have a lot of wealth, they do have a lot of other partners, partnerships going on. I'm pretty lucky to be able to talk with you about talents, strengths, and weaknesses. And I personally am biased because I'm Gallup 
certified, so Gallup Strength Finders, Mm -hmm. but I've also done a ton of other assessments. So I'm kind of curious how you work with clients. Like, what are your favorite assessments? Because I think they're all good and they're all purposeful in different ways. What do you tend to use to help people figure out what to be doing, what to delegate out? Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's two that I really like, the Colby A Index Mm -hmm. and the DISC. Yep. So both of those I don't necessarily use when people are hiring, but after you've hired. So if you already have people on your team and even for yourself to do them because they show you what your natural tendencies are, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, my cool B is that I'm a low quick start. So it takes me a while to Mm -hmm. agree to, you know, a new idea, but I'm a very high fact finder. So I will go and research all the details before it's a yes. Right. Awesome. And so that's when I work well with clients who are the exact opposite. Right. They're high quick start. They got a million and one ideas. Come, come, come. Right. Hamper's pointing at herself. <laughs> <laughs> I need you, Donna, in my life. Yeah. Implementing and following through sometimes are a bit more of a struggle. Right. And so that's where you have that balance. And so you don't want to be hiring and have people on your team who are exactly like you. I just said this last week at an event and I'm Mm. thinking of my brother and one of his business partners, not that they don't work, but if you're bromancing in your interview with somebody, that might not be the person you need to hire if you're looking for an opposite. Like if it's just a natural, like, oh my gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes just recognize you don't want an identical twin to be leading somewhere that you're supposed to be delegating out. You might not get much done, but I tease because they have a great partnership with a couple different businesses, but there's certain ways to leverage that. Mm-hmm. So in meetings, sometimes I have to just lead by saying, I'm going to be like, let's go get this done. Let's try. But I need your help to slow me down and see what I'm missing. And mm-hmm. it's a nice way to communicate once you have the Colby, because I am the quick start. You can communicate. And it, again, it's not emotional. It's just facts. And yes. then you can say, all right, let's get a well-rounded perspective. And with the disc, somebody that I know that does a great job on stage, I said to him, do you practice before your presentations? He says, no, I talk to each disc of the four and speak to each person's type of how they would feel or reflect on things. And that just helps them kind of, did I hit this and all the things? And Mm -hmm. it usually gives a nice well-rounded outlook on things, just like a team would be. Yeah. And it certainly, it makes it so much easier when you have people on your team, because now you can look at it and say, oh, Sally Sue is doing this or acting this way because that's her natural tendency, yeah. right? She's not trying not to get mad about be opposed it. to me. And yeah, it's not yeah. subjective anymore, right? It's more yeah. objective to say, okay, that's how she works. So therefore, what can we do? Where's the middle ground? Where can we find a spot so that we can all be, as I like to say, rowing the boat in the same direction? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. So Colby, I don't think that they really focus on fixing weaknesses. I don't know that any of them mm-hmm. really do. I think even for those of you that might be just trying to work on how to communicate the next conversation or even something with your spouse. <laughs> yes. Kind of meet them where they're at. Like what would they enjoy about? This one thing, there might be a way to approach if you're, if they're also getting something out of it that they would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like not trying to fix something. Like I think people talk about this imposter syndrome. We talked about marketing. There's a whole world of everything's great on Instagram and you're like, Oh my gosh, I wish my life looked like that. 
Mm-hmm. I think when you boil it down for me, it's just honoring and having some grace with who you are and not trying to fix what you're not and just being okay with that. Yes. And I'll get, I'll tease people. I'll say, I'm super envious of X, Y, and Z. If I see something online, like I want to be able to do that too, but that's not really what I should be doing. So any like tips on when you're looking at, say that strengths and weaknesses in your coaching that maybe somebody could reflect on even today and after listening to our podcast, maybe to implement in their life right now? Yeah, for sure. So I think if you haven't done those assessments for yourself and your team, stop the recording and go do it. (laughs) No, not that quick, but certainly do that because it is really an eye opener for you, but also for your team members to know, okay, here's what we can expect, right? And then when you're finished doing those, make sure you have a team meeting and have a discussion about it. Right. Because it's again, like you're saying, Amber, it's not, well, I'm no good over here. Right. It's like these are the natural ways that I work. And so how can we as a team fit that in? Right. So I remember mm-hmm. once working with a client and um, when I first came on board, I was like, okay, here's my Colby results. Have you done yours? No. So he went and did his and then we got together to look at them and he's like, oh no, this is not going to work. We're going to fight like cats and dogs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, we're opposite, but there's a reason for that, right? You're the visionary, you're the leader, you're bringing all the ideas and I'm analyzing going, okay, what can the team, you know, do Mm -hmm. we have capacity for? What's our priorities? What's our goals? And then let's map that out so that we can actually succeed, right? Because what he was finding before was that he had a lot of good ideas. He was throwing them out there, but the team was jumping to every new idea without finishing Mm -hmm. the ones before. Yeah. Yeah. Visionaries. You talk a lot, you dream a lot, but what are we executing? We got to just kind of rein in on some transition pieces. And I think Mm -hmm. almost every organization, nonprofit, for-profit, we all can get lost sometimes in that, the idea share. So how do you get people to kind of rein it in and think Mm long-term? Right. So what I like to do is have a strategic planning where we're looking at what's our goals for the next 12 months. If we can go, what's our goal or vision for the next three years, even better, Mm-hmm. But it depends on the person and what they're used to, but at least 12 months. But then don't stop there. So from there, then we break that down into what would be our 90 day goals, right? Yeah. So we have goals for each quarter. And then from there, what's our monthly goals? Yeah, like reverse engineer. Yeah, exactly. So once a month, we're meeting with our team. Okay, this is the priority for this month. These are what we're focusing on, right? And four weeks is not a huge insurmountable amount of time to be thinking about one area, right? Sure. You may come up with three more ideas in that time, Yeah, but it's easy to say, okay, but I've, you know, committed to doing this for this month. I can reevaluate those ideas and have a place where we put our ideas. I like to call it the idea parking lot, but where, when those extra ideas come up, where we put them so we don't lose them, but we're not also sending our team everywhere as soon as we have a new idea. That's where I can see teams getting frustrated with leadership. If you keep changing the things on them and they just can't even get a routine down, Mm -hmm. they want to be able to produce, but you're not letting them finish and get feedback. Yes. So appreciate you saying that. And I like what you're saying about that. Even 12 months, even three years, people that are high planners are going to love that. Like, let me see Mm -hmm. how that 12 months. And then some people will completely freak out. Like, I don't do things like that. My spouse is one of those, but we figure out a system with calendar invites and different things. So we can just kind of be communicating. But what's great about that is when you mentioned marketing as well, if you have these at least 12 months to three years, that's where you can really build. How are we going to pull in some marketing for your business? Mm -hmm. Like if you know the grand goal, then you can kind of chop it up. 
Then you yes. break it down to quarterly, then to the monthly. And then I think that's where being productive with time where I can be more successful. I've seen in my business is if I can batch projects from that point, but you have to kind of go big first, mm-hmm. lay it all out and then see who's going to be the players on the team. Yeah. And then however you need to reverse engineer for the product type or service or whatever you're doing. That's where I think I've seen things successful, but not everybody loves when I say, I already know what 2024 has in store. And they're like, you're crazy. But there's just a way to then allow yourself to kind of build out what needs to be there and then build, you know, come back into that monthly to quarterly team aspect. Yes. And for sure, you have to look at the big picture because it could be that where you are now, you're not ready to go where you need to go, right? Maybe you need more skills, more training. You need a different Mm -hmm. team or more people on your team, right? And so to be able to say, do I have the right people in the right seats? You have to know where you're going. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was thinking I had something else to share with you. It's like, Mm -hmm. and again, Gallup says the same thing. Don't hire based upon these. And in a consultation I did last week with a investment firm. Everyone's always surprised when you say that. And for those of you that are solopreneurs about maybe dabbling to scale, find good people. Hmm. Find good people, get their assessment and go, huh, what can we create and curate for them? Yes. And then you can delegate out based upon what they like to do. And it's a win for everybody. There's not always every task is amazing for (laughs) different personality types, but that is why... We've been, you know, successful is like, find the good people. You can build a position. And that's just like in financial services. A lot of things are antiquated, outdated. We don't have to do it like the way we've always done mm-hmm. it. Like obviously for compliance reasons and legal reasons, you do things. But no, when it comes to building out teams and letting people succeed, and it's almost like you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. You want to be mm-hmm. finding these great people and plugging them in yeah. where they need to go. So yeah. yeah. And I think a big part of, at least in the online world, a big part of people that they miss when they're hiring is it's like, okay, I'm swamped. I got no time. I need to hire fast, right? And they haven't taken the time to really look at what kind of skills do I need this person to do? But more importantly, what are my values? And did I put my values out there when I put out the job description? So then I'm hiring someone who's in alignment with what my values are. Because the truth of the matter is I can teach them to do click this button and do that skill, right? I can't teach values. Ooh, it's possible. We almost go into this. I'm posting a job, you know, placement ad, and we almost go opposite of who we really are when we're writing it. Mm. Be more real. Mm-hmm. And that's again, like if you're building out this 12 month plus, there's no fire drills. You can naturally find the good people and then fold them in. So you're not doing things last minute. Yeah. And that's just like, you can ease in and train for that and not feel like you're scrambling. And so that's what's yeah. nice about the world. Now you can find people that can contract in by project. Mm-hmm. And it's really helpful for people. And it doesn't have to be just where you live. It can be a global. Yes. And I have two contractors that don't even live in the US. And so there's just central time zone, just a lot more south than I. And it works great. And we chat mm-hmm. when we can. Otherwise, we use like Asana for mm-hmm. people use Trello and some other things for projects. But and they, they've been wonderful and have just leveled up my my business. And then some are in the States for me. So I know you have so much to share with people as far as different, I guess I want to call them takeaways. You have your website, CEO. I'll have you share where people find you. Yeah. CEOamplify.ca is my website. And when you go there, if you'd like to, you can download a PDF, which walks you through CEO Power Hour, which is that CEO date with yourself. Yes. Um, A one hour recurring meeting that's non-negotiable. To help you really, you know, figure out what your priorities are and how to move forward for success for the next week. You also have a podcast, right? 
I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. CEO Amplify as well, it's called. So okay. get up over there. One of my favorite episodes there is writing your job description as visionary mm. leader. So yeah, you can check that out. Okay. I like that. So for the Pathways audience, lots of things to do heading into the 24, you know, goals for 24. It's like almost like we're not building resolutions. You do the power hour, you start you figuring what you're going to integrate for yourself. It's not about like setting resolutions, it's setting your framework, basically. Yes, exactly. And it's a habit that you're going to continue, right? It's not a one-time done. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear more from you and I will be seeing you online as well because we're not super close, but that's okay. Yes. And thank you so much for being here. And I know that the audience is going to love your uh, takeaways there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Amber Stitch Show. For more information about the podcast, books, articles, and more, please visit me at amberstitt.com. Until next week, enjoy your journey at home and at work. Thank you for listening.